My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya 959. We continue now with our money lessons guest, Standiwe Msomi. She is the co-founder of the Finance Gym. And Standiwe is also the founder and CEO of Amasomi Media and Communications. It's a media and marketing company in service to the media needs of businesses and institutions. And of course, uh, the Finance Gym is a focuses on creating financial literacy-based, uh, you know, financial literacy and this content is really for online audiences she's also the co-founder of the Kanisa Foundation which has its primary focuses on entrepreneurship, education and self-development for young people in townships and rural areas a very good evening to you Stendiwe thanks so much for joining me Hi Sumitra, thank you so much for the invite you are very busy. You are the founder and CEO of so many different companies. I'm thinking now, did I actually go through the entire list? There's more. <laughs> no, it's just that. And I'm not planning on adding anything more anytime soon. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Look, don't let me stop you. But tell me, I mean, you know, amongst all of this and managing all of this, I want to know really about your money. And I mean, financial literacy education is a big part of what you do as well you teach entrepreneurship as well but i just you know i was having this discussion the other day as well and i feel like it's just financial literacy should become standard in primary school yeah um it's yeah you know tell me though about where you started where did this love for teaching and especially financial literacy come from it's an interesting question because i think for Quite a, a, some time after matriculating, I realized that the 12 years we spent at school really didn't give us the technical skills that we need to survive in the world that we live in and the type of economy that we live in. We were being taught a lot of content, but a lot of it didn't really teach us how to go out and make money. You know, so we, we know things like biology and physics and all of that, and you have to study. But um, a big part in creating a productive economy is showing people how to offer something of value into the market and get you know get money in exchange for it. So as soon as I realized that, I definitely knew deep down inside that I actually need to do the work and break down everything that I've been taught about money and try and understand it from a, from a point of view that makes sense to me. And then when I got to university at Wits, I did a BCom and in that I studied economics and finance and a lot of those studies showed me that um, it's important to create an economy where people know how to use money for productive purposes because that's the only way our economy grows. The more savings we have, the more people invest in, in real assets or financial assets, the more our economy grows. So I think having that background as well also um, ignited the flame and love for financial literacy and bring something to people's lives in that space. And then uh, I mean, a few a few months after that, I was invited to speak at an event by a, a good friend of mine um, that was in the finance gym, was going to be launched, and I wasn't part of it at that time. But I spoke at the event about um, finance from a student perspective, and then shortly afterwards, I was invited to be part of the team to help it grow um, and really widen the reach of the finance gym. So that's how I ended up at the finance gym and, you know, started doing the work that I do. Standiwe, can you just... Uh, uh back up a little bit from your phone. I know it's a bit difficult. Maybe just hold it away from you. It's popping a lot a on, on the on the <laughs> mic. It's so interesting, yeah. you know, um, what you're saying about, you know, going and educating yourself, but only realizing once you were at university that everything, you know, everything needed to change. Mm-hmm. What, 
Mm. Why, I mean, what was it like growing up for you? I mean, what did you learn about money or was there any teachings until you got to university that, you know, just changed your mind completely? Yeah, well, I mean, growing up, um, I grew up with parents who, um, and still do work very, very hard. Um, I think they're the ones that show me that you have to get up and work hard for what you want. And so I always had that understanding that if you wanted something um, that involved finances, you have to do something to get it. Um, and so I, I definitely didn't grow up in a space where, you know, if I wanted something, I'd get it today. Uh, you'd, you'd have to, you have to you know, be patient and, and, and understand the value of money. I think I was taught that from a very young age. Um, but I think the biggest challenge was learning the basics, like how to invest money, how to make money, you know, those, those fundamentals. Those aren't really taught overtly at school. And I think those conversations need to be had and not, not just at home, but in the schooling environment as well, because that's where we spend majority of our lives from, you know, grade zero all the way to matric. Um, and so realizing that and how those lessons weren't really taught, it really made it incumbent upon myself and my peers um, and even my, my colleagues at the finance gym to break it down and say, how can we, rep- we I guess, represent um, content about money and finances to young people in a way that will be relevant to them? Because I think even as a, as a student, the first test that you have um, with your money is how you, you manage your allowance. And it's those little bits that really paint the picture of how you're going to manage large sums of money. And I definitely as well, my first and second year of university, I did not use my allowances very smartly. And, and I didn't really have a deeper understanding of what money could do. And so after that, those years, I was like, okay, you know what, Sandia, you need to do better, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, though, you know, those mistakes that we make along the way, I think, inspire us as well to and educate ourselves about money a lot. But I think the biggest thing that I took away um, from the schooling system and just society in general and its perspective of money is that you need to educate yourself, otherwise no one will do it for you. You need to go out and get the knowledge and read the books and get the mentors and ask questions because it's not something that is spoken about directly. And, you know, we need to normalize conversations about money in our own young and circles as well as young people, we need to normalize those conversations. But until then, I think it's a matter of one pursuing the knowledge of. And also trying to find out what money represents to them. You know, I think for me, the biggest thing that I've learned about money is the fact that money is just a tool. Once you know what you want to do with your life, once you know what you want to build, whether it's a company, whether it's an NPO, whether it's um, something that you want to, to build and leave in this world, it becomes very easier to determine how you're going to spend it because you know that you're going to spend it on this project for your NPO or invest in these assets for your business and, and it makes it much easier. I think the mistakes that we make um, or that I probably certainly made in, at, at a younger stage is the fact that when, when I did have money, I either didn't plan for it, you know, through budgeting, I didn't know what I wanted to do with it and so you end up just Ending it on, on things that tomorrow won't mean, won't mean anything to you, really. Yeah. So my biggest lesson so far, I think, in my journey is understanding that money is a tool 
to firstly live because you need to pay for your day-to-day expenses, but secondly to build whatever you want to build in the world that you want to leave after after you spend your time here. But I, th- I think it goes down to basics. You know, mm. so many people just need to understand how to manage their money. So it's not even yeah. before you get to the stage of let's see how much more money I can make. Let's see how I can grow yeah. this money. We need to manage the money first. And, and so many of us don't know how to save. We don't know how to budget. And yes, we hear it all the time. We talk about it all the time. But are we actually doing it? How do I mean, when mm. you talk about normalize those conversations, you're meeting up with friends, you're having a glass of wine or you're having dinner together or lunch, whatever it is, you're not exactly going to mm. start talking about money. How do we normalize the conversations? How do we start talking about improving our financial situation? I think it starts by making it a culture um, because we, we sort of treat it as something that we talk about in the corner, like, oh, God, you know, money is something, it's there, we have our own financial problems. But I think it starts by making it an actual culture that mm. we need to determine how we live. And that goes into things like saving and budgeting and investing. And um, I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned so far, just from a lot of the videos and content that I watch and expose myself, expose myself to, um, people talk a lot about how in order to make things like saving and budgeting and investing part of who you are, start by having a goal in mind. Start by having something mm. tangible that you actually want to achieve and do. Because um, it makes no point to say, I'm saving. If you mind, I'm saving 200 grand, but you don't know what you're saving it for. Because tomorrow you could go to the mall and really you know, find a dress that you would like and say, oh, okay, this is what I've been saving for, I guess. And you, you end up you know, spend, spending that money that you've been saving for so long. So I think um, the first thing when it comes to saving is knowing that it's important to save towards something. Otherwise, you're just really wasting your time. And it starts by getting getting out a pen, getting out a piece of paper and writing it down to say, you know, in the next year, in the next three years, in the next five years, I want to purchase X, Y, and Z for these certain reasons. And then it makes it easier to just ensure that as soon as you get your income, whether it's a salary, whether you um you know are an entrepreneur and your income is very irregular it just makes it very easy to take whatever portion that you've allocated into your savings accounts or even make it auto like automated debits into those different accounts um, and know that this is going here and the same goes with, with budgeting and uh, i think the, the best quote i've ever heard um was that you, before you you actually get your money you need to know what you're going to do with it you need to have a plan for it mm. otherwise you won't know where you're Strand went. Um, and so people, you know, get very overwhelmed by the concept of budgeting. I was very overwhelmed by the concept of budgeting as well because things seem very abstract when you don't keep track of what you buy and, 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 and what you spend your money yeah. on. But it's as it's, simple as getting out a piece of paper and literally writing down your income, writing down your expenses and seeing what you have left over at the end of the month. But choosing what you prioritize um, for, for you as well, you know, and I think in that way, it becomes very easier. You could, you know, go, go all out and use Excel spreadsheets and, 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 and integrate all of mm. the fun things that you find online. Or you could just get out of get out your diary or your journal and write it down. It's all up to you. But it also really helps you structure your mind and, and it gives you I think sort of a vision of what yeah, you're going to do, you know, with that money. The actual practice of writing it down. Mm. It's also, it helps you remember as well, because I know, you know, when you're studying as well, when you're 
rewrite things you you tend to remember but um um i'm you know just looking back when i was younger i used to always uh, write on the back of envelopes and i think i stopped doing that because now no mail comes home everything gets emailed right but i used to always yeah. write on the back of envelopes unopened envelopes and write you know my budget and what i owe and make notes and things but in a way as you say you know it was almost therapeutic and it helped because you know it was constantly there and and it meant that i was constantly working on it. Now, Stendiwe, I know that, you know, I know a few chartered accountants that are broke, that have no money. And that's for various other reasons, right, that we won't get into at this point. But what is your relationship with money? I mean, it must be, there must be an enormous amount of pressure on you because you also, um, you are dealing with financial literacy and you are dealing with financial matters and education on a on an ongoing basis. Um, but what is your relationship with money now? For me right now, I definitely would describe my relationship with money as using it as a tool to provide me access to the things that I want to do. Um, obviously, I... I, my media company is relatively very, very new. Um, and so a lot of the money I get from that business goes <laughs> right back into the business. I either pay my employee or I use it to pay for business expenses and, and reinvest it. So a lot of it right now is you seeing that the money I have right now has the potential to generate returns for me. And to do that, I need to put it into the productive things into my life. And yes, I'm, I'm very young. I love my things, you know. So it's very important for me as well to also not put myself in the prison because I think um, when I did start seeing how can I make changes um, to the way I use money, I got very overwhelmed by how I guess serious the whole conversation is and leaves you asking, like, do I still live? Do I still have a life? Um, <laughs> but it's striking the balance between uh, mm. realizing that you have to live today. Obviously, you never know if you're going to be there tomorrow to even reap the rewards of your investments. But it's also understanding what you want to achieve. Yeah. So when you have your own set goal, it's very, very easy to see, you know, those funds go into paying for something for your business Apart- uh, or buying something that you want, you know. But also for me, um, I definitely think that uh, my relationship with money now is focused on a very long-term perspective, just generationally. Um, I definitely would love to see generations in my family after me and be at a way better level financially Mm. than, you know, maybe I have started. And so um, a lot of it is just family-focused, it's business-focused and living in the moment. (laughs) Okay, just tell me very quickly, we're running out of time. We have to say goodbye. Do you splurge on anything? Oh, I guess I would say um, hands out with my family. Honestly, those are like my 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 forms of pledging. Because you get the fun of being with the people you love and you laugh with them, and you spend a couple of you know rounds and even the dinner or the movie. So that's my pledging right now, actually. <laughs> good pledging, very good pledging. <laughs> Stundiwe, yeah. thank you so much for chatting to me tonight. Thanks so much for your time. Stundiwe Msomi is the co-founder of The Finance Gym. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. on Kaya 959.